everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 134th episode of the podcast, airing April 18th, 2022. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back to the program special guest Rachel Lang to join me in a discussion on Taurus eclipse season. Now, Rachel and I dive into the macro and the micro of one of the most impactful seasons of 2022. We start with Taurus energy as a whole and the possible themes that this first full set of eclipses in the Taurus Scorpio axis may play out for us. We also chat about Jupiter's big move into Aries while describing the nature of the passage from Pisces to Aries, because it has its own flavor in a sense for any planet, but uh, Jupiter moving through there is very uh, impactful, of course. And we also unpack the upcoming Mercury retrograde while of course, dissecting all the juicy day-by-day transits in between, because that is what these season forecasts are about. Now, there's a lot of various dynamics at play here, and we hope our breakdown of potentialities helps you navigate the portal of change that is eclipse season. Now, to see us step through the charts as we talk, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, if you would like to support this program uh, and my astrological efforts, you can come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation. You can leave a tip in my tip jar if you like. Uh, And if you want astrology sent to your inbox once a month at the beginning of the month for all the juicy transit details along with tarot information and also animal ambassadors, because you know I love my animals, sign up for my monthly newsletter, The Heavenly Wind. It is free. It only comes once a month. Don't sleep on it. Just do it. So you can come on over to energeticprinciples.com and sign up for that. Now, I don't really have any announcements this go around for the most part, um, but I will mention that I've been on this video kick on Instagram, making these fast-paced entertainment reels for the ingresses and major transits. And I've had really good feedback on these graphic transit breakdowns. So if you want to see them in their labor of love glory, come on down to Instagram and follow me at Energetic Principles. All right, so who is ready to hear all about Taurus eclipse season? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, I'm so happy to welcome back to the program. We have Rachel Lang with us here today. Thanks for joining me again, Rachel. Oh, thanks so much for having me back. It's always good to talk astrology with you. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, and Rachel, you were with me last year for, do you remember what season? Oh, I don't uh, remember. I don't what? either. <laughs> was it tourist season? Or was it? Uh, I think it was around this time. I think it might've been, it was somewhere in there. And I think it might've been Aries uh-huh. season. Actually, I feel like we talked about the Aries ingress. I'd have to go back and check those, check uh-huh. my accuracy, but, um, I feel like, you know, so basically it's been a year and that's too long to go without talking to Rachel. So, <laughs> you know, had to invite her back to talk about Taurus eclipse season, uh, because this is a big season that we are embarking upon. Um, I know we've been talking a lot about, upcoming eclipses. There's been a lot of action in the sky. Uh, we're Rachel and I are meeting, you know, just a couple of days out of Jupiter, Neptune, making the conjunction. And we were talking about on, um, right before we hit record about all the, uh, 
the different energies of, of Jupiter and Neptune, um, which maybe we'll expand on for a, a hot second here because it will come back into play when we talk about the eclipses here. But before we get started, for people who don't know about Rachel, Rachel, will you share uh, you know a few details about yourself? Sure. Well, I've been an astrologer uh, professionally since 2006, and I'm also a psychic medium. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I've been, I, I do both of those things and I just had a book come out in September. Yay. Yay. Modern day magic. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of work with magic and a lot of actually teaching magic and kind of moving more into, into that, into that realm as well. That's wonderful. So everybody give a congratulations to Rachel on her book. It looks amazing. If you, uh, you definitely going to have to go order it. We'll of course share all the details of how to do that later in the program, but, um, you're going to have to, going to have to check this out. You've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, kind of more ritual everyday type of magic. Uh, I've seen you do kind of even like art workshops that have to do with tapping into creating, um, I don't know, different ways to access the, uh, the magical energy that is always around you. That's what I think about with Rachel is like, she's got this like Taurus rising. That's so practical, but how can you like use everything around you to like manifest? Right. I mean, essentially it's about manifestation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I mean, I, I have North node in Scorpio in the sixth house. So I like to think that, you know, that, that everyday magic is really a purpose for me and out and introducing people into everyday magic that, you know, that, that it's not just relegated to a full moon or a new moon or rituals with certain people that, that our entire lives can be magical. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so, yeah, so I do so everything. My paintbrushes are magic ones. I'm looking at my desk. Everything on my desk is, has a magical purpose. Um, and, uh, and I, I think that's pretty much like how I live my life too. <laughs> it's very mercurial if you think about it too. Like you've created a wand out of anything you essentially, yeah. any, any tool you touch, it has like that magical yeah. property to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so cool. All right. Well, uh, when we talk about everyday magic or just every day, uh, we have Taurus season, you know, Taurus puts us absolutely into um, some level of mundane reality. I mean, that's kind of where Taurus lives for the most part. You know, we were talking about fixed earth here. Um, Mm -hmm. and what makes this season so potent, uh, you know, being eclipse season and all we, you know, you think about eclipses and they're, um, and they're being known for change. And what is the least likely thing to change is, you know, fixed earth, fixed signs in general, but fixed earth is, you know, it's known for being rooted. So there's something to be said about all this energies that's coming up. So, uh, -hmm. you know, Rachel, what is your take on Taurus energy to begin with, you know, speaking, you know, let's hear it from the horse's mouth because you know, a thing or two about Taurus. (laughs) Yeah. I have a Taurus rising and, um, and so my, my impression of Taurus energy, I have a lot of air underneath my Taurus rising. So I'm, you know, so really, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an aspect of myself that I continue to try to integrate because mm. it's the only earth in my chart. Interesting. <laughs> so, That's an interesting yeah, yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So I always look like I'm much more grounded and stable and, and, you know, calm than, than I really am underneath the surface with my Gemini moon. Um, but my impression of Taurus energy, you know, I have a friend who's a Taurus and she epitomizes it. She's a Taurus, Taurus new moon baby. Um, and she walks 
uh, into a room and she's aware of all the sensations. And she is, um, you know, like surrounded by beauty. You walk into her home and it's filled with fresh flowers, art, um, everything has a place and there's an element of design in everything she does. And she's so in her body that she's aware when something's out of place or when some energy is off or when something doesn't taste good. Um, she's very like, she's just, she just has an embodied presence. And I think of Taurus like that. Taurus does not want to have things that are frivolous. Taurus wants things that are are going to stand the test of time that are going to last. They want beautiful clothes. They want really fine, uh, you know, artwork, you know, they, they, they don't want to waste um, one second of the physical aspect of life on something that's not going to be good. (laughs) So what, what do you think? What do you think about Taurus? I, well, I agree with all those things. Like when I think about Taurus, I, a lot of times there's just a luxury that comes to it. Like when I see a lot of my, uh, you know, friends that have, uh, Taurus energy more prominent in their charts. Usually they're very well adorned. Like we'll see a lot of Mm -hmm. jewelry, you know, like, like the person that has all the fine silver pieces and has a ring on every (laughs) finger. I'm like, where's the Taurus? Uh, Uh because there seems to be like, there's just an, an adornment that, um, that likes fine things. And, uh, and it, and it, and the idea that, you know, well, cause you know, we think about Taurus being an accumulative sign, you know, it's like, I want, or I have, or I own. Um, and it, so it does have that, that like acquirement type, mm-hmm. um, energy mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. but to go piggyback off what you're saying and the finer things in life, it's just like, it's about quality over quantity. Like it's going to bring more, more things in, you know, it's going to obtain and, 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 and gain an assets, but it wants to own things. Like you said, that stand the test of time that are fine to the touch that are, um, just, you know, elevated in some way. Uh, so I think about that with Taurus. I also think about, you know, Taurus, a lot of times, and once again, back to, I want, it knows what it wants, yes. right? Because when a Taurus wants something, we don't, we make jokes about Taurus being, oh, it's so stubborn <laughs> and dig the heels right. in, you know, you're not going to move the bowl because it knows uh-huh. what it wants essentially. Right. And so I feel like going into this season and especially clip energy, a clip, a clip yeah. energy, it's, energy, it's like, what, what do you want? What do you want to dig your heels in? over. I mean, not to the point when, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice because, you know, sometimes we get stuck or we're staying in a a situation for too long, um, that, you know, we're not moving from because there's maybe stagnant or stale energy there. And that could be more of a negative side of Taurus. But Mm -hmm. when I think about just all the fresh energy that's coming in and eclipses, it's like, what do you really want? What do you want to dig your heels into? Um, so that's kind of my first inclination of just Taurus energy and what, you know, the season might bring, but I mean, what do you notice when the season comes around and especially to add eclipses, uh, what's on the tip of your tongue with that? Yeah. So I, I think, so I, I think this would be an interesting time to kind of tie in the, the sort of higher octave of our possessions 
Um, and really what we're talking about when we're talking about Venus is we're talking about sacred beauty. So in the philosophical con- uh, way of, of, of looking at and kind of the Neoplatonist, um, you know, mentality ideology, beauty was this, there was this idea that there was a beauty or a harmony that, that was, uh, that brought us closer to God, closer mm-hmm. to the divine. And so that beauty in its highest form is really the, the most, you know, is, is close to godliness. And so when we're talking about, so my, my impression of tourist season and of, you know, yes, there is a very physical material aspect to the things that we buy and the possessions that we have, but every single thing that we buy or that we're attracted to has an astrological correspondence and it has therefore a spiritual significance. So your car would be representative of Mercury, you know, and and so we crave things. We crave we crave things that we can touch, tangibles. We want to manifest. We want to grow things in the earth. We want to to bring things into our space. But everything that we have on a physical, material level also relates to something spiritually spiritual that we're calling into our lives. So, I mean, we talked about magic. We started this whole conversation with magic. Everything in our life, you could look around your room and say, everything has an astrological correspondence. Everything has a magical resonance, a magical symbolism. And so I think this is also a time when we want to look at our space and say, and our stuff and say, what isn't feeding my magic right now? (laughs) What is, and so I think it can be also a time of beautifying our space by being really clear and discerning about what we want. So going back to what you said, it's what we want. I love that. I love thinking about that because you know what we fill our our space with and fill our it's it is a point of energy that we're interacting with Mm -hmm, at, mm -hmm. at the physical level all the time. And I mean, we can never I mean, like you said, anything that's in the physical is essentially tapping into the, you know, the principle of as above, so below, like it is, they're both, they're both here with us at the same time. So I love thinking about that. Like what is in your surroundings? What do you own? What do you hold on to? What do you want to draw in? You know, these are all reflections of, uh, you know, who you are and what you enjoy and find pleasure in as a person, because essentially that's another Venusian character is it's like, what do we take pleasure in? What, what brings us enjoyment? Uh, you know, and you brought up earlier about Taurus being a sensual energy and sign, you know, like what brings us that, you know, it puts us into our own sensuality and that embodiment as a person. Like these are the things that we probably want to ask our, ourselves or tap into a little bit more, you know, we're moving into Venus territory as we've discussed and, and it would be a great time to just understand your own Venus as we, as you go through the process, you know, every time we get hit Taurus season, of course, we want to pay attention to what Venus is doing in the sky and, and she'll be in Pisces exalted. And she'll also be in Aries in a place of her uh, detriment. So it'll be a little bit of both, but at the end of the day, you know, this is a great character study, I guess you could say on your own Venusian impulses and where Venus is in your chart, because, that's how you relate to Venus, um, naturally. And so I think we are, aren't we both, I think we're both water Venuses. Are you, yes, uh, yeah. you're Scorpio, Scorpio Venus. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a cancer Venus. Um, and so it, it's interesting adding the, the, um, 
just thinking about the different elemental energies that your own Venus has. Uh, so just, you know, throwing a little extra homework if anybody wants to think about that <laughs> or add in what uh-huh. Venus might mean to you, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's think here. Well, that's interesting too, when we talk about Venus and how she's going to be moving through uh, Pisces and Aries, what different energies, right? To have Venus, you know, um, and, and it's going to be dancing around eclipse season, right? So we're going to have an eclipse, uh, our first solar eclipse in Taurus uh, on April 30th. And then we're going to have uh, our first lunar eclipse in Scorpio on the 15th of May, 16th, depending on where you live. They're kind of straddling, you know, the the day and night here uh, in the U.S. Um, But I'm pretty sure, doesn't Venus, Venus is in one for one and in Pisces for one and in Aries for for another. (laughs) Right. Um, So, I I mean, what do you make of uh, just... I mean, we'll talk about more about this when she ingresses into Aries, but what's your take on, you know, Venus and Pisces primarily, and then maybe that move to Aries? Mm-hmm. So Venus is, I mean, she's exalted in Pisces. So we have Venus in a very happy place. And actually right um, on the, the eclipse, on the eclipse chart, she's right between Neptune and Jupiter. So she's like, I look at, I look at Venus in, uh, in Pisces, this Taurus season as like, she's, she is like flanked by angels, you know? So Venus is in her element. She's really happy. Things are flowing. And, and I think like on a, just a real practical level, Venus, uh, wherever Venus is shows us whether or not we are having fun. Are we experiencing pleasure Are you know, are, because where if Venus is, in, in a challenging place, like she was besieged in, in Aquarius between Mars and Saturn. And she like kind of slogged through Aquarius. She did. And, you know, it was, she, she had a hard time. And, um, and, you know, I, uh, I think in, when Venus is not happy, life can feel like a lot of work. It's like, where's the good? Are we enjoying ourselves or are we just, you know, self-sacrificing and feeling like, you know, drained. And so, uh, so Taurus season starts with Venus reminding us all that, you know, that, that there, we can enjoy ourselves, that we can relax, that we don't have to work so hard. And actually, Mel, I've been seeing posts on Facebook, on Instagram and Facebook about people saying, I'm checking off of social media. I'm going to go enjoy life for a little while. Have you seen, have you seen? No, but I support that message. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So what are your, what are your thoughts about, about Venus and Pisces? Well, it, it's so interesting too, because like you said, her just being besieged by Mars and Saturn for so long, you know, like really, you know, that's a, it's another thing too, when we were like, oh, Venus, just get to Pisces. All right. Like, you know, we just needed that release of her to move out of there, but it, it was very challenging for a lot of people. Cause what we didn't realize, um, it, it she'd been in Saturn territory since November 5th. So we're talking five months of Venus, just like, oh, Saturn. (laughs) And I mean, Venus and Saturn, they work together. They're, they're friends in a, in a sense, you know, we, we want things like stable relationships and, and, uh, you know, be able to manifest our creative intentions and like, they, they need to work together. They're not, they're more friends than foes, but, 
Um, it is an interesting dynamic. And so once she moved in, you know, a lot of people I found were just not happy. It's like everything hits you at once. It's like all of a sudden she's free, but what she she's free to realize like, oh shit, that was a hard time. You know, like <laughs> exactly. I just went through the ringer and now I'm like, okay, I, I can relax, but I relax into this you know, maybe some emotions that hadn't been dealt with or relationships that were difficult, but now need some sort of healing or forgiveness or, you know, there's lots of things we can add on top of that because, um, yeah. So I think she was a little shocked. She was shell-shocked. I think when she got into Pisces, she's like, you know, like when people like survivors are free, it's like you're free, but that doesn't mean you forget about like what the experience you just went through. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think it was a little bit of that, but now she's getting, she's getting more comfortable. She's, I always think about, you know, the first decade of Pisces, this is like eight of cups energy where we're walking away from some, you know, stagnant emotions and things that have been like holding us, um, down and just not serving our, you know, they call it abandoned success, you know, abandoning something that was once successful and no longer is kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it usually takes a, a nice 10 degrees in Pisces to like finally be like, Oh, okay. I'm the water is fine. You know, come on in. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. I love her being here for the eclipse coming up and how that's going to be stamped into a North node solar eclipse, right? Yes. You know, this is a door that's opening. This is exciting. We'll dive into that chart here in a few minutes, but I'm excited for her to be there and just add, you know, I love that you said she's flanked by angels, right? There's kind of a, there's like a, there's like a miracle brewing to me, to some extent with her there. And it just has, we have this benefic energy with Venus and Jupiter together. That's just like calling something in, right. There's like an attraction energy that comes with that. That's really soul nourishing in a way. So I'm very, I'm very excited about that. And then, you know, she's going to get revved up in Aries when she, once she gets there, it'll, she'll, she'll like burn off all that water and, you know, she might be a little hot under the collar and she wants to do things her own way. But, you know, I think there, there's going to be some, uh, nice aspects to that as well. Even if things have to change because she is, um, you know, uh, empowered, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, Venus and Aries being a little more empowered situation. Does that mean that everybody likes you all the time? No, not necessarily, you know, like, <laughs> so right. that, that, yeah, that's a thing too. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just piggybacking on, on what you just were just saying, you know, Venus and Pisces is universal love. It is a selfless love and experiencing ourselves and relationships in that way can trigger that real, the question in relationships that always comes up in relationships of, you know, at what point am I being codependent? (laughs) At what point am I being interrelational? At what point am I being in service of the relationship? And at one point am I losing myself in the relationship? And so I think Venus moving into Aries is definitely like a pull back and, and into finding more balance with with that, with that access line. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And, and one thing we neglected to say about Venus, just in general, you know, in a Venus rule sign, there is that balance energy, right? So essentially we're trying to find this equilibrium of, of wholeness that we always know goes in and out. I mean, Libra knows this a little bit more than Taurus, but there, but it's still Venus. She's trying to round it out 
and find that that whole, that whole factor through the constant uh, balancing that comes in there. And so I feel like that is such a it's such an interesting shift, Pisces to Aries, especially for Venus and, and that level of balance. Um, and coming into self love because I find it you know people that have Venus and Aries in their chart it's always this matter of finding love for the self like yeah, putting yeah. your self love first in order to like you know I don't know give give the thing you have everything you need basically in order to like be in relationship with someone else that has to come in first otherwise that keeps coming back as like a an unnourished you know. Um, aspect of, of the self. So just side mm-hmm. note, you know, just <laughs> notice it and he notices. Um, but speaking of Aries, another big, huge event is that Jupiter, I, you know, I shed a little tear from it leaving Pisces. It's like my fifth house and it's there for such a short time. And I'm like, what? Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it's moving into Aries, which is big news. I mean, it's leaving its dignity of, uh, you know, being the ruler of Pisces, but it's, it still has, it's, um, you know, it has a, a, a different type of dignity that it comes into when it's in a fire sign. So mm-hmm. what do you, what's your take on Jupiter moving into Aries? It seems like a big old rush of like, <laughs> I know that's exactly that's exactly my take on it. <laughs> you know what's funny about as we were as we were talking, I got an Apple News. As you were saying, it's a big rush of I got a I got a, an Apple News alert. I thought I had my do not disturb on. And it was Russians or something about Russians and missiles is what I saw. No. <laughs> um, <it's- laughs> so um so I think, you know, so I think uh my take on um on, on, on Jupiter and, and Aries is, you know, if, if, if Pisces is the dream and Pisces is this, you know, um, Jupiter and Pisces is aware of all kinds of possibilities and being able to see things that aren't material materialized yet, but that are existing in the field of potentiality, then, you know, Aries rules sharp objects. Aries is the needle that bursts the bubble. It says, it says, um, oh, that dream's not going to work. We need to refocus. We need to clarify. We need to, to move in a new way. And it could happen because Jupiter and Aries, like you said, it's energized. It wants to, it wants a cardinal sign. It, what can, it wants to move forward almost to where it's like, uh, you might feel inspired to start something or to do something or take action before you've planned it out or thought of a strategy. <laughs> um, you know, like it's, um, it's like that ready fire aim mentality yeah. instead of ready aim fire, fire. <laughs> ready fire aim. That's funny. <laughs> Firing before you aim. It's like, yep, makes a lot yep, of yep. yeah, I love that. Did you, were you intending that or did that come out? Yeah, like, I did. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's, um, yeah, that, that speaks to a lot of fire energy, especially Aries yeah. in particular. Uh, but yeah. I totally agree with you, you know, cause there's like Jupiter in Pisces is it's, it is all about like the dream, all the potentialities, all the things that we can envision for ourselves or, and, you know, some things pop in and we're like, Oh, Oh, I, I can be hopeful for that. That seems viable. And that seems viable. It's like mutable energy it has a distractible quality to it anyways. Um, but there's a part of it too, that is nice because as we hone in what that dream is for us, um, and that's something that we were talking about with Jupiter and Neptune is coming back to 
to these dreams, um, and kind of these soul callings that are like rising up and sort of like a, like a judgment moment of like, yeah. are you going to do this? Or are you, do you realize how important this was? Um, I feel like part of that, because, you know, when we think about it, Pisces is the end of the Zodiac. You know, there is a wrapping up. There's a idea of transcendence that comes with Pisces. And so it's rebirth into the, the, the fresh spring energy of Aries that is, you know, uh, firing before the aim. Yes. (laughs) But it, but it has that, like, you know, it has that pioneering quality. It has that, you know, like courageous, like bravery of like, okay, well, it's now or never, you know? Um, and so it's just interesting to get out of so much of this dream energy. Cause it's not just Jupiter, you know, we have eclipses that are activating this. We're going to have all these, you know, Piscean components that then rush us in to this big, like just spark of Aries. And so for, I feel like for a lot of people it can, you know, obviously it's going to be a turnover of a whole new journey. Like that's just the nature of, Aries in general, but Jupiter is the journey, you know, it's how we grow, how we expand. Now, granted, we're probably gonna have to go a little back and forth, uh, this year about it. Cause Jupiter is going to make its way all the way through right. in 2023. And that will be yeah. the, you know, but we're, right. we're, 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 you know, we're, we're testing, um, not the water, I guess the, the flames, um, yeah. here. And so pilot here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. The, the craft may go down, but, uh, <laughs> luckily you have a parachute, uh, and you'll find your way back and then you can take the mission again. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's very, it's hopeful in that way to uh, basically what I'm saying is to take the essence of a dream mm-hmm. and be able to, have, you know, bold enough to follow that vision, um, and, and carry it through hopefully, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. case by case scenario. Right, right. Or have the courage to leave a dream if it's not working out. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's another thing too, is it can be really difficult to let go of net. Like when, when, it, when someone's in a Neptune transit, it can be so difficult to like, to face, um, you know, the reality of a situation like, oh, this dream didn't work out. Um, and whether it's a relationship or a career, or even just like a move, I think Jupiter and Aries can also be sort of coming to terms with letting a dream go. Um, knowing that maybe you could revisit it someday, but, but also like there's a a new journey. And I love what you said. It's the birth of a new journey. So whether that's an, an escalation of, or, um, you know, an up-leveling of the journey that you've been on, or whether that's embarking on a whole new path, there's, um, there's a lot of potential for, for taking that courageous, bold move forward. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and essentially, you know, what we always have to remember with cardinal signs in general is that these are pivot points. So yeah. it doesn't, does, either way you're going to pivot. You might be pivoting away to start a new journey. You might be pivoting in, you know, down a, a path that's going to take whatever you're starting even further, but either way we're going to pivot. Like that's just, that is just the nature of it. So that it's exciting. I'm excited for it. Um, I think there's going to be no shortage of news that goes along with it. So we'll just have to stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, right. but, uh, before we even get into the, re- you know, us unpacking tour season, one more thing that's going to be going down is we got mercury retrograding 
uh, yep. this, like, we didn't need to stop that else. We got Mercury retrograding yep. this, uh, this season. And we also have a uh, Pluto stationing retrograde too, um, in all in a longer cycle, but so we have two, uh, retrograde stations this month as well mm-hmm. to get through. So, yeah, I guess we'll get to those when we get to those in, in the forecast <laughs> here. But Josie, you know, put it in your back pocket. Mercury's going retrograde. Um, on the same day that Jupiter goes into Aries, which is such an interesting correlation. It I'm is, like, isn't it? I it know. is. I'm like, like one step forward and one step back. The back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. May 10th, May 10th. Mercury's doing some interesting things too. I mean, it's, um, you know, while it's, while it's going retrograde, it it kind of visits all the different, all the different uh, outer planets. It's in some way or another. And, and, um, and so I think it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to feel the tension of the Jupiter Aries Mercury retrograde, you know, theme, but just some tension. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, right in the middle of eclipse season, you know, so the universe, the universe is up to something. So we'll just say, <laughs> we'll just say that here. That's right. Oh, that is right. So, all right. Well, if you're watching the video, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen as we work through our transits here. Um, for uh, as we go through all the action that is going to happen. So we start Taurus season, uh, April 19th, which is a Tuesday, uh, later in the day, uh, depending on where you are in the world, you're in, uh, we're over on both Rachel and I are on the West coast in California. Um, so they'll be having at 7 24 PM on the 19th. And so some of the first things, uh, it's interesting because all the, uh, seasons have been starting, um, right near last quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. I've noticed like the moon cycles is kind of near last quarter where, or like a, a handful of months ago, all the seasons seem to be starting at, at the full moon. So it was always like these grand entrances into a season. It's like uh-huh. the full yeah, moon hits so and then true. boom, we're in a new season. And you're like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we're going to go into the last quarter territory in a sense where the first couple of days of the season actually kind of, um, throws us into, you know, just that kind of action place and closing down and, and the cycle is now morphing and starting to wane. And, you know, we got to make, we got those decision points and we kind of start the season with that last quarter, uh, in Aquarius, um, which is interesting because we just went through a, we just went through, um, my thing's not exact, but that's okay. Uh, we just went through a whole season where we had all our quarters in cardinal signs and there's so much movement that comes along with that. I don't know. Did you experience a lot of movement in this Aries season? What was, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of movement and, and not just for me. I mean, my clients too, and, and physical moves. I noticed a lot of people were well, actually the first quarter of the year of this whole year has been a lot of movement um, with all the planets going direct since February 3rd, like there's just been, it's been fast paced. It really has. There's been just so much going on. Um, and 
So here we have this last quarter and Aquarius kind of kicking things off on the 23rd uh, for the weekend. And really this weekend, you know, we got last quarter energy pushing us uh, forward or pushing us closed, I guess, to some extent. Um, but it's really a lot of mercurial moves that are going mm-hmm. on at the same time. So, I mean, big news, we got Mercury conjunct the North Node on that same day of, mm-hmm. of last quarter. Uh, and then Mercury basically goes on to make a sextile with Neptune uh, a couple of days later um, on Sunday, Monday, and then goes on to obviously make that sextile with Jupiter because Jupiter and Neptune are so close together in the skies. Um, and in as you say, uh-huh. can I interrupt? Can I, can I yes, say? please. And also in between that, it's square Saturn. Um, so yes. it's kind of, it's kind of like, that's the reality check in between these two bubbles of possibility. Yeah. So it's so interesting. Okay. So Mercury conjunct the North node, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, when we think about this, there is some sort of message that comes in. There's some sort of like a perceptual understanding. There's an idea. There's something that is contributing to some sort of a forward momentum or development, or like, I guess an evolutionary course of some sort, uh, to only be followed exactly by a square to Saturn. (laughs) So basically Mercury is lighting up this, uh, Saturn, at the bending of the nodes that has uh-huh. what that perfected on April 11th. But obviously, you know, Saturn's a slow mover. It sits there for a while. <laughs> right. Um, so it's just interesting to think about this kind of destined encounter or message, the Saturnian uh, blockages or long-term results that it kind of encounters or frustrations or obstacles or, or just, you know, re- like reality checks to some extent but then goes on to sextile Neptune and Jupiter. So it's right. got a high, low or l- low, high <laughs> component to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. And, you know, one of the things that I was uh, reflecting on with, with this, with this combination um, is, you know, very often Mercury, you know, when we're talking about our personal transits, transits, Mercury is an activator for some of those longer term cycles. And so, so I look at this and thinking, you know, think that whatever came up for us in the Jupiter Neptune conjunction, whatever came up to us for us actually even last year in that Saturn Uranus square, that Mercury is reminding us. So it's saying, oh, hey, here's the antidote you need for the dream that you have, Jupiter and Neptune. And Saturn, here's the solution. Let's solve a problem so that you can be back on your North Node path. Um, so I kind of look at Mercury in this context as being, being a little helper, uh, you know, help helping us ultimately uh, on that North Node path. Yeah, I like that because I mean, at the end of the day, Mercury is the you know the intermediary. Mm-hmm. Like it is the one going back and forth. It's going to deliver whatever it is that you need to to make progress. Um, it's not going to be 
necessarily easy progress. I love the idea of, like you said, of solving some sort of problem. Like we're up against something, you know, maybe we're mentally stuck. I think about like celestial writer's block (laughs) in a sense, (laughs) you know, with Mercury square Saturn, it doesn't mean we can't get past it or find the like inspiration to like work through Uh it. It's just for a second we, you know, it's almost like a a glitch in the screen. We're like Mm -hmm. kind of glitched in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, do we need to reboot? We got to, you know, restart. Do we need to type in some sort of code? Do we need to like, there's just something that like might glitch us or block us for a second, but only because it's necessary because we haven't worked that part out yet. You know, like this is a lot of times things get in our way because the only way we're going to be able to continue on our way is because there's some missing piece of the puzzle or something that hasn't been sorted well enough to be able to continue, um, in a way that is like beneficial and, and can make the progress can get you closer to that Neptune, uh, and, and Jupiter component that has the sextile to it. So it's almost like, I like that, like the, the block or the, the problem solving or the glitch, but then mm-hmm. there is access to easier progress or maybe some sort of like, I was thinking about Neptune, you know, Neptune is a tricky planet. It's one of the most hardest ones to figure out for, you know, mm-hmm. most people. Um, but there is that like miraculous component to it. And I, when I think of destiny intervenes, right. With the North node so yeah. close there mm-hmm. that there could be like, a, there, there could be a miracle on the other side of whatever frustrates you or whatever challenges you in that moment. So, you know, sit with the challenge. It could be like emotionally a little like, eh, because, you know, essentially last quarter happens and then the moon is on Saturn at the same time that Mercury is squaring Saturn. So we might be in the Saturn (laughs) in that moment, but just know as the days go on, um, you know, by the time we get to Jupiter and uh, Mercury getting the like forward directive of Jupiter uh, around Tuesday, um, the 26th, you know, essentially we have the moon Tuesday and Wednesday that are going to be lighting up that uh, whatever that is and that kind of forward momentum. So if you're stuck on Saturday, Sunday, no, by the time we get to uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's going to be resolve and more of a flow um, and progress made, or at least that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, that's um, it, you know, it's interesting too, just looking at the way energy works that, and looking at the way, you know, a lot of us manifest through contrast Mm. And a lot of times the most crucial part of the manifestation process. So we're talking about Jupiter. We're talking about Neptune. We're talking about those big dreams, those ultimate goals, that sense of purpose with the North node. And a lot of times what happens is that we can get so focused on something that, that we freeze the energy. So it's not moving. It's not manifesting. We're feeling like, what am I doing? I'm doing all this ritual. I'm doing all this intention setting and nothing's happening. And then we have some kind of crisis in our lives, some argument with a friend, a financial check that didn't get deposited. We have some kind of Saturnian thing happening in our lives that pulls all of our attention and all of our focus to this trouble, to this thing, that this problem that we have to solve. And in that moment, the energy is freed because all of our attention has gone somewhere else. And so there's the energy is freed for whatever it is that we've been intending to come to fruition or for us to reach a new milestone in that, in that um, goal or toward that goal. 
And so I kind of look at this Mercury, Saturn at the bendings is that crisis point. It yeah. is the, um, it's some kind of energetic release that we need to have that's karmic in nature. That is like a detour on our path that really isn't the detour, but the path that we're supposed to take. And so Saturn, um, you know, we're going to see this with the eclipses too, like, like you said, the highs and the lows. Um, and so I think, you know, when you get to those points where it's like, ah, why is this horrible thing happening? Or why is this crisis happening? And it's usually temporary and it's usually just enough to get us to the other side. And on the other side, it's like, huh, okay, this amazing miracle happened. So, um, so I, I think that that's the potential with this whole month, really. But this, yeah. the, these, these early transits kind of encapsulate a lot of the spirit that we're going to be moving toward in this month. Absolutely. And there's so much to be said about the, you know, the days that lead up to the eclipse itself. It's always like this, <laughs> yes. this foreshadowing, this precursor. It's <sighs> like, what, what is coming at you right before, you know, that, that blip and that of the eclipse, it's like, that. <laughs> it's, yeah. like it's important, you know, it's, um, so whatever message Mercury is sharing, whatever's going on in your brain, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a potent cocktail. It's a potent okay. mercurial cocktail going on. Um, and then sure. to throw on top of it, at the same time, we have uh, another very important uh, player in the game, as we were talking about earlier, Venus, uh, over there in uh, Pisces, sitting right on Neptune um, and also making a sextile to the North Node uh, mm -hmm. from the 25th through the 27th. So basically, as, as the moon, it's interesting too, because the moon will be in Pisces then, uh, Mercury will be saddling up to, you know, make it sextile to Jupiter, having just come off of Nept uh, Neptune. And here Venus is headed towards Neptune and the moon's going to be lighting it up. So, and then once again, we have this, you know, destiny inducing North Node contact um, that is opening some door with that too. And so, I mean, Venus, Neptune, it's getting to the end of the lunar cycle. I mean, we just might want to chill at this point. If you want to get like really mundane about it, it's like, I don't yeah. have energy to do anything, but take right. a bath, <laughs> take a vacation, go play in your garden. Um, I'm actually Mel taking that day off, like taking a couple of days off those two days, just looking at these, thinking about these transits, thinking about all this Pisces energy, it's like kind of an unfocused, unstructured energy. And then you've got Mercury and Taurus, which is also, you know, it's not like, let's get things done. It's like, let's go to the botanical gardens <laughs> and, and then go eat chocolate cake afterward. Ah. Um, you know, this is a very sensual time where we want to be, you know, um, I find with all of the planets and nocturnal signs or most of the planets and nocturnal signs that that it's that that it's more about the relation it's more about relationships it's more about nurturing some of those intangibles in our lives or experiencing in a, in a, like the real sensual um you know the best things about being in a body on this earth Ah, oh, so agree with you on that one so agree with you all, all i hear in my head is i'm like calgon take me away you know <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. I'm dating myself on that one, but 
there, but I'm with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh that you know, it just has that it just has that vibe to it. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, you know, it really is kind of like an enjoy yourself sort of, of moment or take it easy, like that, you know, there's no need to to push or rush or we might not have it within us to do it, you know, like right. we just might not be interested in, in doing such things. It's more of yeah. like there's been a lot, you know, every season had a lot, you know, I'm still, cause we're essentially still under that, um, you know, Aries new moon period, uh, mm-hmm. as we, you know, get closer to the eclipse. So it could just be like, a, you know, yeah, like you said, take a vacation, take a second, do the things that, you know, that you enjoy with the people that you like to be with. And that, and that is good enough for now. Um, I, it doesn't have like a, also a vibe of being very creative in the sense that when we think about being in kind of like a imagineering, um, space as we get into, you know, we're getting so close to eclipse once again. And we talked about like just manifestation earlier. And it it seemed like there's sort of like some creative underpinnings that could be happening below the surface as Venus, you know, gets enchanted with Neptune and Pisces and, you know, like it could have a lot of rose colored glasses energy to it. Um, which is not necessarily a a bad thing, especially when we're at this interesting crossroads of like just life manifestation anyway. So, um, it's kind of like a let yourself dream moment. Maybe, yeah. maybe they're not all going to work out, but, uh, but enjoy the, enjoy just daydreaming, enjoy mm-hmm. meditating, enjoy being in your creative process and letting loose of what, you know, whatever that looks like for you essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's Carolyn Casey who says, uh, imagination lays the tracks for the reality train. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> it's like, I can't remember. I think it's her. I think she's the one who says this. Um, and she might be quoting someone else, but, but anyway, I, I just, I think that that's probably, you know, the, the, and then I was also listening to, um, Brene Brown's recent book, the Atlas of the heart. And, um, and she talks about the value of boredom and how, how often when we're bored, or when we're daydreaming, or when we're in those kind of unstructured, unfocused times, that that is a precursor for for real, like a, a burst of creative energy. So I, I think that there's real value uh, with all these Pisces planets. I mean, we could be dreaming up a whole new a whole new paradigm for living. I mean, I think like there's in addition to you know we think about creativity in terms of art, in terms of music, in terms of of those kinds of things. But I think we're also, you know, we're getting right. We're at the last few degrees of Pluto and Capricorn. Pluto's going to be moving into Aquarius next year. And we are creating a whole new, a whole new way of being in relationship, a whole new way of being in the economy, in business, in government. Uh, like there's a lot of creation that's happening that is systemic. And, um, and I think the U.S. Pluto return is involved with this. I think there's a lot of, um, of big picture creation that's happening in addition to what we're creating in our own individual lives. So we need moments of rest, of boredom. We need to know that we're working in, we're working, um, in the unconscious realm, in our dream state, that we're busy. <laughs> so, so if we're not resting and we're not taking care of, we're not, you know, giving ourselves Calgon, um, <laughs> you know, if we're not taking ourselves away, then, then we're, you know, we're going to be depleted 
when we really need maximum energy, when um, when there's even you know kind of more systemic change coming. Mm, I love that. Like I, I, I mean, I have to tell myself. I have to tell my Mars and Gemini self all the time. <laughs> you know, it's it's okay for stillness. It's okay to be quote unquote bored because, like you said, yeah. like it is. It, I mean, when we think about creation of anything, it comes from a void. It comes from a stillness. It comes from a right. vacuum, you know? So if you're always in motion, how are you going to gestate, you know, the, the right things that want to be born from within you? Um, and so, yeah, the value of stillness mm-hmm. uh, is something that is could be very potent at this time. And, you know, because Mercury's got a lot to think about, too. It's like, while this is going on, you know, Mercury continues to move forward. Um, and then on, you know, right after Venus uh, conjuncts Neptune, uh, basically on the 28th, on Thursday, uh, Mercury makes a trine to Pluto. So, you know, we do have our our minds in the game on more serious subjects. Um, and so there, this is another very interesting point of a lead up to the eclipse to me. It's like one of the last planetary aspects that's made is Mercury trining Pluto and then moving into Gemini, um, which is, it's interesting. So once again, you know, we got, got that focus of Pluto. And like you said, there's been, there's been so many Plutonian characteristics of, uh, you know, just recently, especially with Venus and everything, Venus and Mars and everything they did there, but really in the last couple of years, because (laughs) there's just been such a Plutonian factor. Um, and when we're on this like brink of change with eclipses, like Mm -hmm. how potent to tap into Pluto right before we do so. So, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, so I, it's a, it's a, it's like, where do we go from here? It's like, we could talk about the eclipse. We can talk about <laughs> Venus and Jupiter. I, I think we need to address Mercury and Gemini uh, at the same time. It's like, what feels natural <laughs> to yeah. go to at this point? Well, since we are, since we are still on Mercury, let's just, let's talk. So Mercury is in its pre-shadow phase on the 25th, yes. I believe. 25th is that I the think so. It's, um, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 25th. It's like 24th through 26th, somewhere in there. So we'll go with 25th. That's probably, it yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So it gets, it gets to dip into its own sign on the 29th and, and, uh, you know, but it's in its, its pre-shadow phase. So it's moving slow. So here we have a frustrated Mercury. Mercury should be able to theoretically should be able to be expressing itself to the fullest of its potential zero degrees Gemini. And at the same time, um, it's slowing down, getting ready to go retrograde. And, um, and so, and so I think that that is, um, that that is, it kind of, it kind of encapsulates some of the frustration of the eclipse as well. Um, I'm also looking at, you know, at that, uh, that eclipse, I think we've talked about how this eclipse has high highs, low lows. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of really kind of cool stuff with this eclipse. And, um, and, and so it'll be, it'll be curious to see what, um, you know, as Mercury goes back to some of these degrees, do we get a redo for anything that we missed during that eclipse. Yeah. I, it, it's, 
And I think that's a big part of it with Mercury. Like you said, there, there's a frustrated Mercury. There's a, there's a Mercury that's slowing down with a lot to ponder, you know, like it, having, <laughs> yeah, you know, made yeah. contact with all these outer planets, right. You know, it's, it's talking, it was talking to Saturn. It talked to Neptune, talked to Jupiter. Now it's talking to Pluto. It's talking to these like bigger, like life cycles and considerations. And it's also thinking about the world and the, in the space that we live in, like there's a lot of collective energy that goes with that too. So knowing that Mercury is going to, is slowing down and pondering all this, right. Cause you know, moving in Gemini, if there is a, if there is a very, uh, thinky Mercury, it's going to be Mercury and Gemini, you know, right, there's, a, right. there's a lot of anxiety yeah. that can go with Mercury and Gemini. It's functioning high level, right. It's like doing its thing, but what, point, you know, does processing the information and going over the facts and dealing with what we know or trying to learn new things and, and incorporate it all. Like how, how does that serve us with where we're going? What information is circling around in the brain? You know, are we getting too heady about it? Are we staying in the more sensual and embodied uh, energy of Taurus and then the Pisces? And so it's an interesting, like just dynamic that's been thrown into the mix that didn't, doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't fit, but it is, it's an outlier. It like Mm -hmm. now Mercury is like in a spot of its own. Our brains are in a place (laughs) that is not with the rest of us to some extent. Um, So it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but like you said, you know, Mercury is going to back that up and and go touch down um, with a backwards motion with all these planets again. So whatever we're contemplating, with any Mercury retrograde, essentially there's almost like a, there's a bigger thing happening here because of eclipses and Mercury going back and over with all these slower moving planets. Like we're, we're contemplating bigger things that need mm-hmm. time to digest, resolve and re-strategize to some extent. Mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think also, but at, at the same time, Mercury and, and so, and if we are slowing down, then Mercury is, is play. Well, where Venus is pleasure, Mercury is play. So Mercury and Gemini says, all right, let's go play. Let's, you know, let's, let's follow Venus and and Pisces' lead and let's go take a, take a break and, 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 you know, allow ourselves to, um, if you can't sit still, then go, you know, uh, go for a hike, go for a bike ride, go connect with friends, do something social. Um, I think Mercury and Gemini says, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your, of, of the, the, you know, the heavy pressure situation that you're in and, and just go talk to somebody, you know, have fun. Yeah. Lighten up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and, and if you, if you can't, this is the thing I think about Mercury, Mercury, my, 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 uh, my, uh, every time I am like taking things too seriously or, you know, way too work focused, I'll lose my keys or I'll lose, I'll lose <laughs> like something really important. It's like, where did that go? And so I always think that it's like Mercury telling me, Hey, Rich, lighten up, you know, go, you know, this, this isn't too, too serious. You're not, you're not, you're performing brain surgery. You're just doing astrology. Go relax, go lighten up. So I think, you know, that's, um, that's, that's the gift that Mercury offers forced lightening up sometimes through frustration, but when we realize that's what it is, 
then we take it all with a grain of salt and we modify our behavior. And then the thing that we've lost suddenly appears. Well, it, I love that because essentially it's like Mercury, the, the beauty of Mercury and Gemini. And if you know any Gemini energy or Mercury and Gemini, you know, all of a sudden that the mind can change. And it's like, wait, you just said this. I thought you were all about this and now you're about that. Like, it, so <laughs> there, there's a little bit of that. That's we're going to go on too. But in service to what uh-huh. you were just talking about, that could be good because if the mind was all about yeah. this, then it's like, oh no, line up, switch your focus. It's right, more easily right, able right. to do so, right? Because it's, it, uh-huh. you know, it sees something twinkling over to the, to the right. And then there it is. It's focusing on that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, that is a nice part about it. Um, but let's get to this clips because it is yes. uh, juicy. 30th of April, Saturday on a Saturday, Eclipse Saturday. We have, you know, Okay. So just to like lay it, lay it all down like a sports caster. It's like the sun and moon are on the court with Uranus coming up on the, no. uh, so basically we got the sun, moon and Uranus together. So obviously we are touching down on some Saturn Uranus square continuation just in general, because, um, now Uranus kind of gets the lift up that Saturn's had for a long time. Um, but of course, you know, we have this, the ruler of this eclipse, Venus on Jupiter and not even having perfected, like on its way to perfect it. So it's not like the, it's like at the most, like just juiciest, like, you know, fusion of Venus and Jupiter that there could possibly be. Uh, and of course, Neptune, Neptune's right next door. Um, we can't ignore that Saturn is at the bending of the nodes still. It's, it's, you know, it's separating. There's a couple degrees there, but you know, the, in, the influence is still present. Um, and you know, Mars is over there tapping in to the sun, uh, moon and Uranus and sextile, mm-hmm. Um, Mercury's still kind of talking with Pluto, but it's in a different sign. You know, once again, Mercury's kind of doing its own thing, but right. I mean, where do we even, what's the first thing that comes to you with this eclipse, Rachel? Well, I think it's, it's the, for me, it's the Mars Uranus story. Right. And even though those, that, that sextile hasn't perfected yet, it's like Mars is in between Mars is kind of the mediator between the sun and moon and Uranus. And so I think there's an element of surprise. I think there's something that's, and and when we saw the last few eclipses, I guess it was, um, was it the December eclipses? Anytime we've had an eclipse with Uranus present in, you know, the last few eclipses or with Uranus prominent, there has been like a surprise element. And it's not, it's not, I I think surprises can be really fun, really exciting. So it's not all like, oh my gosh, brace yourself for the unexpected. I think it's like, you know, there's a door that's opening and it's coming from out of the blue in a way that you could have never imagined it. And Mars is just kind of pushing you slightly because it's in Pisces. So it's just nudging you, go ahead, go do this thing, change, make a change. Um, so I, I look at this and think, you know, think that the Venus, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter, though, is the flanked by angels. So this is like, the, there is a miracle if we're willing to open that door. And if we're willing to get out of the status quo, like out of the comfort, and that's what Uranus, you know, Uranus is like, please, please, let's make a change. 
please. Oh my goodness. And I, I feel like that Uranus and Taurus has been like that for, it's like, please just make a change. You like, stop being right. in your comfort zone. How, how much do I have to gently shake, uh, this, this discomfort in order for you to be like, no, I'm, I'm ready. Um, yeah. It's, and I think about Mars and Pisces being the gentle push. It almost has like a, mm-hmm. it's like a little, it's a little nudge. It's not, it doesn't like push you in the pool per se, but, um, it might like, just kind of like, just kind of tap you on the shoulder and be whisper in your ear. Like, I love it. You, yeah. you know, don't you want to, don't you want to do this for yourself? Don't you feel called uh-huh. uh, to, yeah. to move towards this? And so I'm excited about the Uranus component. I honestly, I feel like this is the best eclipse of the year. And I think most people, uh-huh. most people agree, you know, uh, nine out of 10 astrologers agree that this April 30th <laughs> eclipse is uh the best eclipse um because it's hard to ignore uh you know the benefics sitting with each other and and ruling it and 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 uranus like you said it can bring us surprises yeah but um or like what we like to you brought up earlier like the idea of the divine detour um Mm -hmm. but you know there a lot of times surprises can be wonderful or maybe we're a little shocked and we're a little off put by what changes, but then we're like, oh, wow, this is actually better than I thought it was going to be. Or, oh, well, maybe I can't have that anymore. Or that path needs to go. But I thought, you know, the water's actually kind of warm over here. I'm feeling good about it. So it's like when we, it has that Uranian sensibility to it that is going to bring change. It always does. Like you can't really get away from it. I mean, obviously if you've got planets around like 10 to 14 degrees of uh, fixed signs, you're going to be feeling it more than most. Um, We're all going to be feeling it in some way, but uh, for you folks, including myself (laughs) that have planets activated there. Um, you're definitely going to be feeling it, but, uh, I I think it's all about getting excited for change. Um, being open to it, uh, Mm. being willing to flow with it, right. With all that Pisces, it's like, it's kind of like that let go and let God moment. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Cause you have the real balance between the immaterial Pisces, the spiritual, the mm. hidden, the, the, the in, immaterial, intangible and the grounded Taurus. So there's this um, like spiritual shift that leads to physical change. Yeah. Um, and I love that, that what this is the let go by God eclipse. <laughs> Pretty I mean, much. I think that be, like that's a tweetable moment. <laughs> Is that a tweetable moment? Do I need to get it on my Twitter? <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and it's okay, like, can, can I interrupt and ask? Yeah. What is your fixed, what is your fixed sign at, at 10 degrees or what okay. is your- uh, well, I do have a uh, Mercury and Jupiter conjunct in Leo at 11 and 12 degrees. Ooh. So it is, and when I've already experienced the Uranus square to that. Um, I do have Chiron at, uh, 13 degrees of Taurus. Mm. So I have Chiron there too. Uh, it's near my descendant and my part of fortune as well, right there. So yeah, yeah, I have, there's, there's enough going, there's enough going on. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, no, I feel like, and I feel like all those transits that I actually just went through with the Uranus, with Uranus lighting that up for the last, you know, since 2021, like I finally made my way through those transits. Uh-huh. And so it's almost like this clips is like the, the cherry on top where it's like, okay, well, all that you've been through and reconfigured and, you know, reoriented yourself with the, that school, those squares, um, yeah, it's almost like this is kind of that that space for that. And, and you know what's nice about Saturn squaring the bending of the node or being at the bending of the nodes is that this influence, like we said earlier, is has already been like you know pressurized and felt. So it's not going to be a new influence with this eclipse. It's 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 like a it's part of the backstory of the clips mm-hmm. more so than anything in, in my mind. And this is where Uranus kind of takes over and, and Venus and Jupiter take over. Um, and, and why I like it. It's like, the, it's, I don't want, don't want to say the hard stuff's behind us, but it's like the, the, the difficult turning point, I think is already implemented. Right. And then it's more about what has to change. It's more about letting go and like, you know, like in, mm-hmm. in following the attraction or fault or answering the call. It has like answering the call kind of energies mm-hmm. to it too, to some extent. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's the call that was received or that came in um, during the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. Um, so I think, you know, for like, if we could go back to that, so whatever insights came in from the divine, uh, from dreams, from, you know, from conversations, what, like that's, that's what we're cultivating or that's what's being revealed to us is the, is, is, is the next steps in answering that call. And I love what you said about how, like the struggles behind us, like we've, we've, we've Saturnized, we've gone up the hill, we've climbed the mountain. We're at the top of the mountain. We have some clarity. We can see. We know that there's still like we have to still climb down from where we are. It, meaning, like we still have more of a journey left to go. But at least we've reached the apex of whatever, whatever you know, challenging situations we've been working through. And so now it's just finding resolution for some mm-hmm. of those challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, that's the exciting part about this eclipse, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so basically we have this eclipse uh, about midday here in, in the U S and then just hours later, uh, Venus conjuncts Jupiter to start their new cycle, um, right. uh, together, which is, uh, you know, gives us that kind of year long, uh, blending of the benefics, uh, one-on-one and here they are, you know, Venus exalted Jupiter in domicile. There's just a lot of, uh, juicy Pisces energy to, to this. Um, it's interesting late degrees of Pisces too, just because it kind of has that, like, I don't know. I always think about late degrees as being overdue and so in some extent, it's like, so it's almost like, uh, whatever, like the kind of the benefic cycle of relationships and, and and growth and what we're to receive and attract and accept and, and move towards. It's almost like there's kind of this, like, like overdue spiritual factor (laughs) that is, it's like finally coming to, to roost in some respects. If that makes any sense, it's like, Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh huh. It's over. Yeah, the overdue. Yeah. So uh-huh. well, and so I be, essentially with this eclipse, 
Look at where Taurus is in your chart. Look at where Pisces is. Maybe just have your eye on Aquarius. I don't think you need to have your eye. You probably know very well where Aquarius is at this point. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of that meat we're going to be feeling in Taurus and, and Pisces. So if you want a little precursor, you know, go go check that out for yourself. Um, so I think the day it's, you know, think about it like a, an eclipse, a new moon. Usually we're kind of chill anyways. We got Venus, Jupiter. So for the day itself, it feels pretty like, I'm just going to enjoy the day. Like once again, we're, we're in an enjoyable space. So that weekend right. of, you know, the 30th, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, et cetera, like just do your thing, enjoy yourself, eclipse over, <laughs> let it happen. Um, so, okay. So then what happened? What happens here? Uh, well, Jupiter. I'm like, where's my notes? The day of the we, eclipse. Should yeah, we go jump? Should we jump to Jupiter going into Aries? Yeah. Or do we have uh, something? Well, I mean, I know that we have like a 10 days between, between those two things. <laughs> There's a lot of things. Oh, well, yeah, we will have to. This is what happens is we get so juicy on the beginning of like the whole yeah. cycle. And then we're like, oh, shit. There's like... <laughs> There's still so much to go. We got to get, so let's just give a precursor of just kind of activating energy because really when we move on to May 4th through, uh, May 7th. So, um, you know, we're looking at midweek into the weekend, the following weekend, we have Mars making a sextile to the sun. We have, uh, the sun on on Uranus. So the sun, uh, perfects, uh, its conjunction with Uranus on, um, Wednesday, the fourth, I have a feeling it's going to be very interesting. Cinco de Mayo. If anybody's out there celebrating, it'll be like, wow, let's do this. It'll be a one drink too many probably, (laughs) uh, with that Mars, with the sextile in the sun. But there is like, just kind of like this open door energizing energy to do the Uranus you know, mm-hmm. move towards, uh, you know, Mars is, is tapping into that. Um, we also got Mercury slowing down to station and making a sextile, uh, with Venus who has now ingressed into Aries. So that's another thing too, is, uh, right mm-hmm. after she conjuncts Jupiter, um, you know, on the eclipse, essentially on the second, she, on Monday, she moves into Aries. So she's done her Pisces tour, you know, right. like she, she starts to get fired up. She's burning off the water. She's like, okay, I've, I've had my share there. She's like, but I'm ready for the action. Where's the action. <laughs> and so, so there actually is kind of a lot going on this, this week between true, all of that. Yep, um, yep, but it feels very energizing. Uh, anything to say about all those kind of components together? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that, that we have, I think the Mars, Uranus, Jupiter, sextile, Pluto, so Mars, sextile, Uranus, Mars, sextile, sun, sun, Uranus. It's like, there's so much excitement yeah. in the beginning of May and we're not sitting still. So get your rest up to the eclipse. Enjoy, enjoy Venus and Pisces because we are moving, we are going. And typically I find that May is pretty busy anyway. You have like a lot of graduations, a lot of, you know, for, for people who are, who have kids in school, you're dealing with exams and end of the year performances. And, and, um, and also just, it's a time when we, 
when we tend to want to be going. Um, and uh, and so I, I think that Venus in Aries is um, is is definitely thinking about what do I want to do? <laughs> what, what are my goals? You, you might have other obligations to other people, but there's definitely this sense of, of you know, me first, self, self-love, self me first. Um, and, um, and I think that that kind of, that, that fire energy really energizes the earth, water dominance that we have going on with the other planets in Pisces and Taurus. Yeah. Well, and especially because, you know, Venus, now that she's in Aries, she has to look to Mars and Mars is sextiling the sun, you know, and and so it has a nice balance. It's almost like, what do I want to do? What do I feel fired up about? What's kind of like my ace of wands moment where I'm like, I feel the rush of like, I really feel the rush of spring now. Um, I'm feeling energized to kind of like work, you know, make, uh, progress towards maybe some of this dreams that she has already been engaged with and, and, and Mars and Pisces is kind of pushing that, that dream energy and, and helping create the form of it. You know, we think about mm-hmm. sun and Uranus together, kind of shaking things up. We got water and earth, you know, these are the form uh, materials that can create right. the clay, you know, like it has yeah. that. And then Mercury is sextiling, uh, Venus at the same time. So, you know, our head is, is with Venus. We can talk to people, we can socialize, we can get the word out. Um, we have creative ideas flowing in, we're feeling inspired. And then at the same time, we have this larger movement of Jupiter, uh, and, and Pluto and a sextile and those two together, like once again, we got the growth impulse of Jupiter, uh, and then, and it's ready for the changes. It's ready for the purification. It's ready for, you know, like maneuvering and, and just maneuvering life into a different form. Cause once again, we have, uh, water and earth meeting together too. So it's a lot, there's a lot of form maneuvering in my mind here of like form that's being created and then also form that's being transitioned. Um, and we can talk it out and, uh, with ourselves and with other people. Um, and we just feel the fire of that Venus is bringing back into the picture because really the only other fire planet we have is Chiron there. So we have a personal planet that is gaining that kind of inspiration and enthusiasm. Um, and she's kind of leading the charge of the sun. So it's an interesting flow of all the planets together. Um, that fine, that really is like disposited by that Jupiter that is sextile Pluto. So, it's a really forward momentum. And I think we're going to be in it on that first week of May. I think so too. And also, you know, one, one thing about Pluto, I'm going to, so I'm going to just look, looking at Jupiter, Pluto with, with these two planets coming together, a lot of times we have this in feeling of invincibility mm. and if it's square or opposite, sometimes that can be really detrimental. <laughs> Um, where we we don't like we want to play God or we don't want to you know God goddess and we don't want to see our own limitations, but when it's a sextile, we have a real awareness of our spiritual power, and um, and I I I have a hard time looking at this transit without thinking about um, Pluto in the last few degrees of Capricorn yeah. retrograde going back toward a Pluto return, the U.S. Pluto return. 
And, and so I think that there's like on an individual level, there's a real awakening of our own power within this collective, within, within the social structures that we live in. But then I also think that on a collective level, here's a real opportunity for people who haven't traditionally had a much of a socioeconomic power or much of a voice. It's like, woo, they can, they can, um, they can, um, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a a, a period of rising into power in some new way where they might not necessarily have it be expressed. But I think one example of this could be, you know, Amazon's unionizing. Mm. And, um, and so think about all of those people who made that happen. And one thing where another thing I want to bring in about this too, is that, that, um, that we have, do we have Neptune? Uh, let's see, where is Eris? Eris. Oh, is, oh here I am. Uh, let's see. I think she's right. Uh, isn't she right she's over? At uh... She's at 24 Aries. Yeah, she's at 24 Aries. So we have Saturn sextile. We have, Nep- um, we, yeah, we have Saturn sextile. We have, um, uh, Venus is going to be meeting up with her. Uh, you know, I think that Ju- anything that's that's Jupiter's uh, activation of that Eris Pluto square that has been kind of lingering over the last couple of years. So there's, um, I think that there's a real collective aspect to uh, these transits as well as a personal aspect. Absolutely, 100% on that. Because, I mean, we're talking about I mean, we're talking about Pisces and Capricorn together, at least for the Jupiter uh, yeah. Pluto piece, mm-hmm. and um, and I think we we failed to mention that Pluto did station retrograde basically like the day before the eclipse, or like right. even the day of um, the I think it was the day before the eclipse on the 29th. So there, it's almost like this. It's almost like a change in power, right? You know, yeah. it, it kind of has that energy to it. And we think about like you, I love that you brought up like the, like the Amazon workers and and the unionizing and, and all the, you know, Etsy, uh, all the sellers are taking a week off and they're, uh, protesting the fees that have gone up, um, for Etsy. And there's just all these, you know, organized, um, uh, you know, organized unions, they're not unions yet, but they're, you know, organized workers coming together. They're like, we need more humane conditions. We need more compassion. Mm -hmm. We need more, we need you to consider us. It's not Mm -hmm. just the business. We need you to consider our needs and our well-being and our uh, prosperity, you know, because at the end of the day, Pisces is a Jupiterian sign. And so I agree with that. It really feels like some sort of like just, and Jupiter being, you know, in domicile, right? So they can make wins here, like mm-hmm. just as long as everyone stands together, right? It's like there's power in numbers type of thing. Um, and so, and then the, to add to the Eris component of Aries and then Venus being in Aries and, uh, you know, and just all the Chiron activity in Aries too. It's like the reason that they're stepping up collectively together to, is to get a better deal for themselves. It, 
you know, right. at the end of the day, right. we're individuals. We have to like take care of ourselves first so that we can take care of our immediate people and our families. So then we can take care of everybody else and the job that we do and have the world humming along and the systems that we would like to have in place in the world, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it, there is this individual factor that comes in that is part of the change that needs to be seen, but only because we, you know, we say this all the time. It's like, you got to put on your own oxygen mask before you can go and <laughs> help someone else. And if, yeah. if you can't survive on your own and take care of your individual needs and well-being, uh, because the system is, you know, warped, um, and, and corrupt, then like, it, that is essentially what it comes back down to. So I love that you brought that up. And I think that it's a really potent, um, because once again, slow movers, the, it, this is an influence that's not just on, you know, like May 2nd or give or take. This is, this has been brewing. It's going to continue to brew. Uh, I think isn't Jupiter is going to come back, um, eventually mm-hmm. to, uh, no, where is it to, does it make yeah. it back there to, um, I, I, yes. And I, it, so it goes back October 28th, uh, goes, Oh, it, like, it almost uh, does yeah. in oh, okay. November, yeah. November. Um, so this is the yeah. only exact moment of it, but I think there's yeah. going to be precursors uh, or not or post-cursors, I guess we could say <laughs> at the end of the year, uh, following the next set of eclipses. So, um, that's, that's an interesting, that's interesting to think about. So since we're on the subject of Jupiter, let's talk about that big day, uh, May 10th of Jupiter moving in to, uh, Aries and also Mercury going retrograde. Uh, so let's pull that back here. May 10th, Tuesday, big Tuesday, what we call Mm -hmm. fat Tuesday. Yeah. I love it. Um, Yeah. So it looks like, uh, it looks like Mercury is going to retrograde first before Jupiter does its, uh, ingress there. So we're already on Jupiter. Let's talk about Jupiter, Jupiter Aries. We kind of covered it a little bit. We We talked about it. We talked about it. Yeah. You know, I feel, I feel good about Jupiter and Aries, but, but one thing, so Jupiter, it conjoins, does it conjoin Venus? Um, yeah, it's wait, hang on. I, it's I, I, uh, uh, not Venus, but it is going to make a fateful uh, Mars thing in in Gemini season. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. that that's a big that that's a big. Yeah. That's <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, and that'll be later in May, but that'll be that'll happen during Gemini season. Um, but what's interesting to think about within this, right? Because look at what do we got? The Moon in Virgo. At this point, you know, we're cruising along off an eclipse. And so Mm -hmm. we are, we are in the eclipse portal, basically, you know, making our way to that, uh, the South node lunar total lunar eclipse, uh, that's coming in, you know, five, six days time from this. So here we have Jupiter, um, you know, this planet of growth, this planet of expansion and everything moving forward and sitting. I think one of the most important things about this period is, is it's sitting on the world access point, right? Right. You know, right. Absolutely. And there's so much going on in the world, Rachel. <laughs> I know, I know. And, you know, Aries is conflict. Aries is war. Yeah. Aries is the military. And I mean, I think that's such a, such a good point that you bring up um, because you know, one of the, one of the things I've been most concerned about just thinking about for a couple of years, thinking about, 
uh, about Jupiter and Aries is you know, Jupiter likes to blow things up. <laughs> I mean, it likes true. to magnify. It, it likes to and like maybe even literally. Like, <laughs> yep, yeah, it might be literal. Um, and um, and I think that is with with Mars going retrograde in Gemini later on this year. And yeah, I think that we have a lot of like this Mars Aries story is one that is going to be, it's going to carry us through the end of the year. Yeah. And even, and even further beyond, uh, most likely because of, yeah. So yeah, we're, there's a big story that's at play here. Um, but you know, just pay attention on, well, May 10th, you know, like it's going to be a weird day. I'm feeling it's just going to be a little bit of a strange day in the sense that all of a sudden Jupiter has this like, because when you have a planet ingress into another sign, we always feel it. But when you have a slower mover, (laughs) especially Jupiter or Saturn move into the next sign and, uh, you know, wherever it's going and, and hits that threshold and especially the threshold of a cardinal sign, right, like right. the, the newspapers are going to be lit up. Like there's just yeah. going, things are going to be in motion, not to mention the eclipse swirl that we're in and just the activity of Mercury going retrograde, because there's always things coming to the forefront there. It's like, there's an introduction that we have to chew after over. There's like, There can be like, uh, you know, big news that comes out that has been implemented or a scandal or, you know, something is, or, you know, something big is going to (laughs) happen. Um, and it, in the first part, you know, May 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th through that week, like as we get situated to it, because at the end of the day, we're just keeping moving towards a lunar eclipse on the 15th, Mm -hmm. 16th. So it's this is a big day, but it's not just this day. It's like a whole, yeah. So Mercury also going retrograde here. Um, we kind of covered that too, in the sense that, it, I mean, what, any thoughts on just Mercury retrograding in Gemini, you know, it's in its own sign. We encountered this last year, right? Mm-hmm. We had Mercury in, a retrograde in Gemini last year right. too. Yeah. All those air sign retrogrades. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I, I think that, that Mercury retrograde in its own sign is, is like we talked about, like a little bit of a frustration. It, it should, it's, it's like, you know, Mercury should be, uh, thinks that it should be having a free reign to be itself and it gets pulled back, that, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, it's like the, the actress who goes up for the lead and gets cast as the, as the second, as the, you know, the sidekick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait a second. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. all the skills to be the star. <laughs> right, right, right. Or you could cast as the under understudy. So, so Mercury's got some frustration. Um, and at the same time, I think what it could, what it could mean for us just in really practical terms is a feeling of not being, of being misunderstood or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like wanting to communicate, feeling like you are communicating in really specific ways, but things are misheard. You like, there's glitches in the software, like just little snafus going on. Um, and, and I've found that with these air sign mercuries, that technology yeah. has been a really big focal point for 
um, for, you know, for these mercury retrogrades. And, and, and so this is a, a, a good reminder <laughs> to back up our computers to, you know, I also find, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, that that mercury retrograde asks us to upgrade. So ultimately retrograde planets are closer to the earth um, then, and, and farther away from the sun, um, uh, in their orbit. And so their influence, like we can see it brighter in the sky, we can feel it more powerfully. And so if there's anything in our lives that needs an upgrade, if you're using an old computer and you're not able to, you know, you're, you're not able to, you're, every time you do a zoom meeting and you have a glitch or you're using an old phone and your, your screen's cracked, then Mercury retrograde will make it so that you have to upgrade, even so that you can't talk yourself out of it. You can't say, hey, no, I'm on a budget. You have to put the money forward and get a new car, get a new phone, get a new computer. And so preempt that, <laughs> that struggle by, you know, fine tuning, like by, by upgrading, um, by really taking sort of inventory of what am I not saying um, how am I not communicating effectively? Uh, are there any details in your life to work out? Are there anything that needs that needs to be repaired? Um, because this Mercury retrograde will shine a spotlight on all of those themes. I agree with you hundred percent on that one. Like it, it, it's true. It, it, there's the purity quality of the air and the devices and the technology and, <laughs> and just communications yeah. not going, we always make jokes about, you know, like double check your work, you know, mark uh -huh. retrograde or it's, someone's not going to understand you or the communication is not going to work, but it's like, it's like 20 times that when we're talking yeah. about it being in an A, an air sign and B in its own sign, because it, it literally is where it, it functions. So like, if we're talking mm -hmm. about classic mercury retrograde things happening, this is classic <laughs> mercury <laughs> retrograde happening. Expect to be in traffic, expect for the, the car part that was hanging on by a thread to like, you know, not make it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's very interesting that just to think about, you know, uh, just this mercury retrograde going from what's different from last year's, it was just an air last year. And this year it goes through air and then back into Taurus and the earth. Right. Um, and then as it does, so it makes the sextile to Jupiter over there in Aries, which is also new things. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, there's yeah. really is this kind of like, if I feel like if it's going to break down, it's going to be at the end of Taurus season, right before, or it is Mercury sextiling Jupiter and then about to move back into earth sign where you actually have to purchase and acquire, you know, Taurus. So yeah. if there's any Mercury retrograde where you might have to buy something because of <laughs> it might be this one. That's uh -huh. funny. Um, so save your pennies. Uh, right. yeah. So, all right, well, let us continue on here. We have, you know, sun's just cruising through Taurus and it's going to, uh, maneuver, or it's going to mimic Mercury's previous moves and make a conjunction to the North node on the 12th on Thursday, May 12th. And, and so that's always a big day too. You know, we get yeah. a yearly sun North node conjunction right in the middle of eclipses. Right. So, um, I feel like this is a, this is another potent, like, what comes down the pipeline, what comes into your awareness, you know, it's important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the sun passes Mars or, or you know, passes a sextile to Mars on yes. its way to the North node. So it kind of, that's another, again, Mars and Pisces. So it's another little gentle nudge. Hey, go in this direction, yeah. go do this. 
Um, and then it meets up with the North Node and, and yeah, bam, you, you have that sense of anything that is not aligned to purpose you want to get rid of it. You want to let it go. Um, and, um, and sometimes that, that can feel, you know, there can be an urgency with that experience. Um, of mm-hmm. like, I can't keep doing what I've been doing. Then enter the eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it is, it is such a crazy lead up when you think about it. Cause it's like mm-hmm. May 12th, Thursday, we have sun, uh, sun north node uh then the following day we have uh mars basically friday saturday we have mars sextiling the the north node Mm -hmm. and i know that we brought up earlier you know the the sun and mars meeting in a sextile and it energizing this whole uh beginning of the eclipse period because you know the sun and mars they kind of move around the same speed so it's not like it just the sextile happened you know uh i forget what day exactly around uh may 5th or so but the mm-hmm. but because they move roughly at the same speed it is an influence that carries for quite some time right. um so right. it's like this whole lead up to the eclipse and mars is the eclipse ruler of the lunar eclipse so it's like this carrying on that is leading us um, through the importance of the sun uh, being aware of the North Node's purpose, Mars having an opportunity to align with that as well and take action towards that. And then it just leads us to uh, the lunar eclipse, um, which is May 15th, Sunday at 9, 14 PM here in, on the West coast, it'll be about midnight on Monday. If you're over on the East coast, um, or in Europe and beyond. Um, but it's a very interesting lead up because once we get to this, this is a crazy eclipse, Rachel. Like it is when you, when you talked about earlier about like letting go and kind of the lead up to that, it's like, you know, first off it is, it is a total lunar eclipse. So it's very potent. It's a South node eclipse. So it is Uh, a a releasing eclipse. Uh, It's square with a T square with Saturn. Um, And it has the ruler Mars, uh, conjunct Neptune. Um, and then the sun ruler Venus, uh, is conjunct Chiron too over here. Um, and there's just so much interesting, like it's a weird switch from uh-huh. the, the, the opening eclipse. But I mean, what are your thoughts on, <laughs> on this bad boy? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's so interesting. One of the themes that I've heard from some of my clients in just recent, well, in, in the last, you know, and also, you know, the, there are some conspiracy theory, like there's this whole concept of the battle between light and dark. <laughs> mm. And I don't necessarily profess to this because I have my own, ideas about breaking binaries um, with light when we're talking about light and dark and, you know, the patriarchal idea of what light is, what dark is, all of those things. But I, you know, but if there ever was a time when we're looking at light and dark, we're looking at contrast and integrating contrast or, you know, or feeling, you know, overwhelmed by it, this is one of those times. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting because the, you've got Saturn because of Saturn right there at the apex of that T square 
saying, number one, you have to make a decision. You've got to be serious. (laughs) You have to make a decision. Like we're not playing anymore. Um, And and you have that moon in Scorpio. Mm. That Scorpio moon is, uh, well, you know, the moon is in its fall in Scorpio. So our emotions, we can't really trust our emotions. We can't trust um, like there's a sense of, we can't trust other people. Who do we trust? Um, and also there can be this feeling of, 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 um, number one, needing to commit, needing to, to like make a decision, but number two, feeling in some ways, like we're pushed into it. Like we don't have a lot of freedom with this. We don't feel freedom, even though we always have freedom. It's a choice that we, you know, that we experience. We don't feel free with Saturn being right there in such a prominent position. Mm, agree with that. And I mean, really, it comes down. I think I feel like once again, this is a let go and let God eclipse because yes. it's like, you know, we have this fallen uh, moon ruled by Mars, uh, uh-huh. entrining Mars. Uh, conjunct Neptune. So, you know, there's a dissolving influence. There's a letting go. There is a a dissipation. There's when you said not being able to trust, not being able to trust your emotional self in that particular moment. Um, and you know, Scorpio does, he always gets the tag word intense, but it also gets the tag word of, uh, destructive. There's a destructive quality with Scorpio. Um, and, or there can be, I'm not saying they're all, you know, uh, Scorpio rising. I I realize the power (laughs) of destruction. Um, but you know, this is, goes into service actually to what we were saying earlier. And, you know, if there's one thing that's involved in creation, it's also destruction because you have to destruct sometimes in order to create now how you get there. If your back's against the wall, if you come to an an emotional, um, you know, intensity that you can't get out of and you spontaneously, uh, destruct, it's, it's hard to say how it goes about, but this, this lunar eclipse really does have a destructive quality to it in the sense that hopefully it's in service to something bigger. It's in service, maybe that Neptune and that, you know, the dreams, but like, I agree with what you're saying is it's like, you know, uh, you universe not playing anymore. It's like, it's, Saturn is not playing. It's like, it's like, you knew I was here the whole time, you know, it's right. pressure. We've already hit the cross point. So it's like, it's almost like coming to realizations like over a month ago or so, but you haven't done anything about it or you haven't made the emotional change or you haven't made this, you know, and that now has to happen because it's like the opening of the eclipse and all those good energies. It's like, well, what's still mucking it up? What still hasn't been attended to what, you know? So that's kind of what I kind of feel from this. Um, it intimidates me a little bit, but uh, personally as a Scorpio rising, but, um, Uh you know, yeah. Yeah. Is it, is what degrees you're rising? Luckily it's, it's mid degrees. It's like 16. So that I'm going to get hit in the next set later on this year. Uh (laughs) Like exactly. So so I have a tour, I have a 28 degree Taurus. Oh, you're right there. I know. And, and the, um, November eclipse was right, was right. Conjunct was conjunct was at 28 degrees Mm. uh, Taurus Scorpio. And someone asked me, well, what do you think is going to happen? You know, leading up to it. And I was like, well, everything's going to change. It's my ascendant. (laughs) And and, like, we went to a party and, you know, just a a couple of days later, no, we went to a party on, on the, the next eclipse 
the, the December eclipse. And we found out about a house for sale in Ojai and we went and saw it and like, bam, within like we had five days to sell our house. We like we all of a sudden we weren't planning on moving and all of a sudden all the pieces fell into place. So eclipses, you know, they're they speed up the timeline where yeah. you've been thinking that like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do, you know, oh, I'd like to do this thing. And if if you're soul is pushing you in the direction of doing that thing the eclipse will like you said bring uh, bring in like a destructive aspect of like and that can be very exciting very very that doesn't feel destructive but it's destroying the way like it's it's breaking down so more than destroying it's like breaking down um any resistance that mm. you've had through you know, some kind of, 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 of significant turning point. Someone says something to you, you, or it could be even more significant. Like you're, you have a, your, your partner breaks up with you and then you're kind of forced to, to go in a new direction to speed up the timeline. So it can very often feel like this is not my choice, but, um, but, you know, one thing that I love um, in uh, Robert Hans planets in transit is that he talks about how everything is a part of the will, meaning the soul, meaning really cosmic order, the soul's intention. And we might not be conscious of it, or you know, we might not be conscious of it, but we can't deny that sometimes those things that, the, that happen to us that feel destructive are actually the, you know, the, the growth edge that we need to move in a new direction. Um, so, so I think this eclipse really epitomizes be open to surprise, uh, trust that anything that does happen, um, that feels destructive, um, that, you know, that doesn't mean spiritually bypass any pain. It just means see it in the big picture of, you know, nothing happens accidentally or just for the purpose of wrecking our lives. It's all a part of a bigger plan. Yeah, definitely. And, and that speaks to Mars being on Neptune and also speaks yeah, to Jupiter yeah. still at the zero degree point of Aries. Uh-huh. Like there, yeah. there, there, there's big things that are happening. And I feel like one of the biggest things about this eclipse um, is that it's just going to be very emotional. Like, yeah. you know what, it, 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 there's going to be involved with emotion. It's going to be involved <laughs> yeah. with how we feel probably about other people, yeah. you know, like, cause water is very, uh, integrated with whoever it is around it, you know, like it just has that, that component. So just prepare to be Chiron. emotional. Yeah. And exactly. <laughs> Venus Chiron there. It has like, it, it, this is, it, it, I mean, Essentially, uh, Scorpio is a relational sign. You know, think about Libra and Scorpio side by side and them being very relational energies. So to have that full uh, full moon, not just, you know, the lunar eclipse there, um, it, it just it, expect emotion. Don't be blindsided yeah. by it. Get in it. Right. Deal with grief. Right. You know, if you have grief yeah. that has, uh, has um, been uh, sitting or just needs to be processed, 
uh, this could be absolutely the time where it comes up, especially Mars on Neptune um, and, and just going through the motions. And that, and I think it's a like kind of a nice thing with the trine uh, from Mars to the moon um, mm-hmm. is that whatever kind of like riles us up and stirs the emotional pot it's there because it wants to like the dam wants to break, you know, like it wants to just (laughs) flow. So it's almost like you got to get it out of your system Uh, and it might bring up painful things. Uh, It it, it might feel destructive and it might might feel like you don't have control over it in the moment, but it's leading you to, to the peace of like the Taurus sun, to the stability and the balance and the, you know, feeling at, one in your embodied self again, like it, you might not be feeling that peace and the comfort and that Taurus brings because all this emotional, uh, processing and purification needs to happen in some way. So it yeah. feels like to me more is like the, the solar eclipse is like this opening point of manifestation and form. Mm-hmm. And this one is more about like, what's emotionally holding me back. What is spiritually yeah. holding me back? What is like, you know, what's getting in the way of my inspiration and uh, being able to move towards things that are very important to me. And it's like, what am I dependent upon? You know, we think about Mars and Neptune, Neptune being uh, addictions and addictions can be to anything. It could be, you know, substances, it could be to food, it could be to sex, it could be to a person, it could be to a routine that doesn't serve you, you know, like it's. Or fantasy. Or if I, Yes. You know, um, or, you know, I, I'm, I'm also really fascinated too with the whole concept of we can be addicted to certain emotions, like, you know, mm-hmm. where, where, you know, I love, you know, not me, but where people love their emotional pain or their, you know, there's that this, that we can become so comfortable with a certain range of emotions, a certain set of colors and the coloring and the color wheel that, um, that, that becomes sort of our baseline. And so I think that Mars Neptune can be, you know, the, an opportunity to, to embrace joy. Um, what's holding us back from experiencing life as good, as rich, as beautiful, um, as, mm. you know, as happy. Um, uh. I love that. I will. First of all, I, I just got a, an image of my, this picture of my grandpa and he'd wear a shirt that said misery loves company. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it made me think about that, like kind of right away. Like this, the, uh, and rather, it could be the company of your own self or, the, you know, yeah, other people that yeah, are going to yeah. sit with that in you. But as you were like, kind of like just breaking that down, I started thinking about the, the tarot correspondences within this, because it's like the, the mm-hmm. lunar eclipse is in the seven of cups territory, which can be the fantasy mm-hmm. and the illusion and like seeing like, you know, the good things and also the bad things. And, and the sun is in the seven of pentacles where we're stopping and pausing and looking at what we have. And should we go on? Should we leave this behind or should we move forward? And cause this is worth our effort. And then Mars and Neptune are sitting in the 10 of cups, which is literally the happy, like you said, like the joyful experience where beauty is all around you and you're supported and you have the, the family and then good feelings and just the joy, you know? Um, and so it, <laughs> you were basically talking the cards as you were breaking <laughs> that down. And I was like, oh yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Um, I love it. I love yeah. it. So yeah, lean into, it's kind of like lean into the 10 of cups, lean into whatever that looks like for you. And, it, and it's not always going to be the best of the best. It never is. Um, but if you can never see that, 
to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's like you're robbing yourself of that, uh, of life's beauty and joyful experiences. And so once again, it comes to this kind of purification and purging. It seems like we're going to be going through. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Can I, I, so I, I just, I, I just am, am curious about what that Sabian symbol is for. 20- oh, yes. What do you, um, so what do you I got? Have pulled up here. Um, so Native Americans making camp after moving into a new territory, mm. the ability to adjust swiftly to a new situation by tuning into its requirements. <laughs> I know, isn't that like perfect? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, woo. Oh. Wow. Wow. So that's something that really feels like every, Mel, it's like everything that we've been talking about today is the sort of the, is that theme of there's a new path, there's a new beginning, like Jupiter and moving into Aries, uh, the eclipse cycle. Um, and so it really is, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's about stabilizing and grounding into a new beginning, um, into that, onto that new path. Uh, and so, with that comes letting go of the old territory of the old path. So potent. And, and okay, so I'm glad you looked that symbol up because it's like, it's just, just literally brought it on home, um, or rehomed it rather. Uh, so, so to like, kind of give like a, just an overview of the end of the season, is that we we have this very potent eclipse, which I think is going to emotionally bring us somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part of this place is to emotionally bring us somewhere. Because then the Mars-Neptune conjunction uh, goes on to perfect on uh, the 17th and the 18th. So Tuesday uh, and Wednesday, basically, is kind of that period where we're sitting at that even more, you know, we're moving on from the eclipse, but Mars and Neptune are still present and and having that dissolving factor. Um, And then we basically close out the last day, uh, for the most part, or second to last day of Taurus season, is the sun now trining Pluto, where Mercury was just earlier that, you know, like the sun's coming to back it, back it up. Um, and then Mercury is also, uh, who's retrograde, uh, you know, going back over things itself is also in a sextile to that Jupiter, um, Mm -hmm. in Aries. So that really goes in service with everything to you. You just said, because it's like the, the following days, the sun becomes aware of like the changing dynamic of Pluto and in earth signs, right? You know, earth is shifting physical realities, jobs, homes, you know, uh, material situations, uh, mercury retrograde is having to, you know, looking towards the future and, and getting excited about that Jupiter or dealing with whatever comes that we have to, in order to move forward and make progress, we got to think about what's ahead. Um, mm-hmm. And so it really, it's a, it's an interesting, it, it's kind of fits very perfectly for the eclipse aftermath, as I guess we could say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 It's like, how, how do we, how do we, how do we set up camp in a new territory? Um, how do we repair our house after a roof leak? Um, it's that kind of thing. So it's really a point of resolution. Um, and I love that, you know, that, that we are still in Taurus. So 
we are still in this um, in the cycle that is very much about our everyday lives, um, about our physical our physical bodies, our you know our physical bodies in this beautiful earth. And so I think that actually that could be the antidote for the post eclipse hangover is, you know, is beauty, um, beauty, nature, physical, sensual experiences that bring us to the, um, that bring us into, uh, contact or awareness of the divinity within ourselves. Um, and so I think that that is, uh, you know, it's, um, I think that that before we get into Gemini season, we're going to want to take those few days and just prioritize Mm. our physical needs, our physical relaxation, physical pleasure, all of those things. I schedule a massage people because (laughs) (laughs) you might need it. Go, go, you know, go to the spa. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, Yeah. It it feels, and I I love that you kind of like encapsulated the ending of that with that key word is prioritizing. It's almost mm -hmm. like, I I agree with that because literally the last day of Taurus is the moon in Capricorn and moving towards that conjunction with, with Pluto. So it, you know, it, it's absolutely a, a time. And when we go through deep, like significant change, you have to reprioritize prioritize yeah. because it, what your priorities were before are no longer your priorities. So everything has to shift because of that. And so mm-hmm. I love that advice. It's like getting in your body, you know, getting back down and grounded, spend some time in nature, get back to that still piece so that you can go to your priorities, not in like a hasty swirl of everything more like you ground back down and then you kind of put in those, that last bit of work, um, while we're all still very aware of, you know, our, the reality that's before us and what's changing and how to restabilize that. Um, in its new direction. So yeah, that feels good. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm going to challenge your Gemini moon with, uh, if you had one word for Taurus season to describe Taurus season this year, <laughs> oh, one word, I one, one word. word, what uh, key descriptor, <laughs> one word to describe Taurus season, I would say I would say uh, cathartic. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like yeah. that. What about you? What's your one word? Oh, geez. I'm like, whenever I ask this question, I'm like, oh, I got it. I have to think. <laughs> no, I love cathartic. Um, let's see. Let's see. If I think about it. Uh, reorientate. Mm, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what like came that. to mind. It's almost like cathartic reorientation is essentially it was so we if we combine our two words together, this is where we end up. I like it. I feel good about it. 
That's it. That's Twitterable too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, Rachel, it's always great hosting you and, and chatting out all the transits. Um, you're going to have to tell, tell people where they can find you. Where can they find that book? What do you got going on? Tell us all the good stuff. All right. So the, um, you can find me at rachellangastrologer.com. And on Instagram, Rachel Lang Astrologer and Twitter, Rachel Lang 11. Um, and uh, you can uh, see, I have, I'm always doing classes and I think I have some, I have progressions coming up in, um, in August, a progressions class and um, the monthly membership. I think that's oh, in astrology for creatives. I have that going on um, that I co-teach and that starts in May. Oh, that's coming right around yeah. the corner. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So of course I will always uh, share a blog post with each guest that comes on the program. So I will share Rachel's information and where you can access uh, all these offerings and also get her book. And you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at energetic principles, where I've been uh, having my go at making fun little uh, reels and getting back into, uh, I used to always love video work and I just love imagery. I'm like, well, I'm all about imagery. So how can we pair this imagery with the transits at hand? So I've been, uh, I've been having fun doing that. So if you want to go check that out, come They're on so over good and visit. Too. Oh, so thank good. you. I think you found your medium. Like I, when I see you, I'm like, you are in your <laughs> element. You're having a good time. They're really good. There, there are, there's a labor of love. They do take some time, but I, someone, someone had uh, posted, they're like, they're like, I think you found your calling. And I was like, is this my call? Like <laughs> I had a moment, I was like, is this my calling? I'm like, that's such a, um, but that was kind of funny. So uh, come on over, visit me over there. Of course you can book consultation uh, if you like, or if you want to sign up for my free monthly newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, come on over, check it out. Um, beginning of every month because in your, your inbox, and it reminds you of all the things that I've talked about on the podcast, essentially, but in visual form. So uh, sign up for that. Um, all right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed our program here today, uh, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, uh, spread the good word, share it with a friend, uh, let all your Taurus people know what's going on. They're really going to, oh, any fixed sign, you got Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, Aquarius. I mean, let everyone know, but especially let those people <laughs> know they're going to need it. Um, they are. Yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, and yeah, just uh, share the love, I guess we could say. So, all right, Rachel, well, it's always a pleasure getting to chat with you. I surely do yeah. hope you'll enjoy, uh, not enjoy, join me and enjoy again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. This has been so much fun. I'm, I'm energized for me. I'm yeah. I'm like, woo, let's do this. We're pumped. We're right through like eclipses. Come on, come on down. Standing in the face of an eclipse. We're ready for it. So, all right. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening to us to chat all about it. We wish you well through the eclipse portal. And as always, may the stars be with you. <laughs>